0: is the Impossible Things Podcast. Here are three
1: average guys discussing the impossible. Jesse Heumann, Jimmy Donahue, and your host, Kyle Cole.
0: Welcome back to the Impossible Things Podcast. It is me, Kyle, here with Jesse. Hello. And Jimmy. What? All in the same country, same Dude. state, same
1: place. You can't prove I'm here. I could be somewhere else. That's I could be a lie. on the internet.
2: The sound quality is too crystal clear. Actually
1: when we did our last podcast with the with me what the two of us you were at your hotel room and I was back back at work, right? Yes,
0: right. Yes. That that was pretty crazy
1: though. And it actually worked pretty well. That worked all right. And I mean were, a little distracting, but it was it was pretty good. It was it was a little weird. <coughs> especially when especially when one of your bosses walks in as you're in the middle of podcast and you're trying to figure out like <laughs> is this okay? What
0: are uh, you doing? Very odd. Anyway. Well, I'm glad you're back. How long are you back for? Are
1: you back for good? I am back for the foreseeable future. There may be some small trip that I might have to go back to Asia for a little while, but i don't I don't think it's going to affect us too much. So I think as far as our our listeners are concerned, uh, whether they like it or not, i am I am back <laughs> for for good. Oh, okay. that's good. yeah,
2: that's oh, good.
0: it's been It's been darn near a season,
2: sort by date
0: without. It's been uh, it's been
1: almost a season's worth of episodes without you. So has it been uh, only a season? I thought it was like a season and a half.
0: No, no, no. We didn't do all of season. We did all of season three. Yeah, but it hasn't been a half of season four yet. Yeah.
1: Mm. So I get yeah close though.
0: Yeah, I get no. I guess so. I guess it's been a season and a
1: half. But it, you know, it's good though. You guys have been doing some good stuff. It's <laughs> it sounds pretty good. I like listening to it when I was out there. Well, it's good. It's the only thing keeping me sane. <laughs> reminding you of home. <laughs> yeah, reminding me that I'm gonna
0: come back. Yeah, that's just weird. That what was keeping him sane was our insanity. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, well let's jump. Let's jump in on it. What are, what are we talking about today, Jesse?
2: We are talking about living on the moon. Well,
0: that's interesting. Like we, I mean, it's surprising that we didn't start with living on the moon before we jumped all the way to Mars. But I, I suppose you know, Ma- Mars is where everybody's focus is. It is. There's no uh,
2: Moon One project.
0: No, there's, there's no actually there's like a rovers. year on the calendar.
2: For the Mars project, but there's not... There's no Boz Landorf.
0: No, no moony moon.
2: There's no... I mean, maybe that's the, uh, the specter of going to Mars and never coming back that just has us by the brains.
0: Yeah, do you think that's <laughs> like... Do you think it's been romanticized or something? Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, like the uh, point of no return?
2: There. The actual no return? You know what NASA tells us? By their inaction on sending more people to the moon after 1972. What? Who cares about the moon? No. And that's what we've all been believing. Surely not. That is not. That's what they're saying. Do you know what Russia said? What? To us uh, by their inaction of not sending anyone to the moon ever. What? Who cares about the moon? Somebody's been there. So you know what we should do? We should talk about the moon. I I think we should. Somebody should stand for the moon. Chinese are going to the moon.
1: Well, that's that's pretty good because the first time that they, I mean, they landed on the moon for the first time a couple years ago, right? Yeah, it was was a rover, though, wasn't it? No, I I thought thought it was people.
2: people. Japan is there.
1: Chinese nationals were on the moon, I think, two years ago. China was going to
2: go to the dark side of the moon next time. Oh, no way. Yeah, no one's ever been there. It was a big deal when I was out there. They were talking about it, so. No. No way. No one's been to the dark side of the moon. It's too cold.
1: To you. So why do you think Why do you think it's so much, I mean, other than it being just way farther and way more, like, I guess you think it's simply just because, like, oh, well, we've been to the moon, so next thing, like, let's go to the Mars. Like
0: right, That sounds like a very American perspective on things, <laughs> don't you think? I would say so, yeah. I mean, and I could see the Russians following suit with the, like, well, somebody's been there already, we need to beat the rest of the world to Mars mm-hmm, or right. something, even though they haven't.
2: I think... I think we all sort of believe, too, that, that the moon is less practical. Like, Mars is a, a kind of Earth-sized planet. Yeah. The moon is much smaller. Yeah. That Mars potentially might have some water.
0: Well, the some moon, of the research I found said that there was some hints. Thought,
2: isn't widely believed to have water. Uh, there were some hints of ice I thought I saw. I, no I ice, don't. but there's some, somebody thought that there might be water somewhere. So some some people do think that, but, I mean, we've been to the moon a lot, and we haven't really found it.
0: Um, to clarify Jimmy's point, it, I was right. It was a rover. It was oh, the, it was a the rover. The U-2 rover. The U-2? What is it's U-2 called, two doing up there? No, no. Y-U-T-U. Oh, I see. It's Chinese for Jade Rabbit, and they dropped it in a crater. <laughs> anyway, not the point. The point is, is it was a rover. But you were right. It was only a couple years ago, 2013. Yeah. So uh, that being said, though, uh, That that is so. The articles I found, Mm -hmm. like I found an article that actually was like, "What would it take for humans to live on the moon?" Mm -hmm. And that was the 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 biggest uh, the biggest hurdle would be water. Mm -hmm. But it did say there was something about moon water, which (laughs) I thought was weird.
2: Somebody I, I saw that somebody thinks there's water in the craters, but or at the poles. But yeah, the same. I mean, there's no. I don't see how they're could be because there's no real atmosphere
0: on the moon, oh so actually what the, what they're what they're the way they're talking about they're talking about mining water or mining oxygen, combining it with hydrogen that we 've taken there
1: to make water uh, that's mm.
0: that'd
1: be a way to do it i I also don't know if it's going to be that I think space travel in the next ten years is going to be so much more advanced than it already is that I think I think freighters of things going to the moon is going to be a pretty not a brand new thing, but it's going to be a pretty. Pretty ongoing venture of we're going to be able to send shipments of things to the moon pretty soon. But think about it though, like we're we're doing that now. Well, by we I mean humanity, not
0: America to the moon. No, we're we're sending shipments of of stuff into space pretty repetitively. Like I mean, back in the '60s, if anything launched to go to space, it was a big freaking deal. And now it's like we're having a launch on the space station. Yeah, it's the space station so shipments and returns. And, like, I mean, it just kind of is, it's this thing now. Yeah. And so I found an article from March, which it was a popular science article. Um, I, did you find this one too, Jesse? That we could be living on the moon in 10 years or less.
2: It's too popular. I go for the. Uh, you go for
0: the unpopular science? Yeah, he goes for obscure science. Yeah. That's his magazine. I don't Did you do any research? you do any research? For no, us. I
1: figured it was way better for me just to get off the plane and show up.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. I'm, <laughs> I'm very happy about that.
1: You just rolled in, by the way. <laughs> yeah, totally. Just just walked right just, in. Just landed. Just got here.
0: Um, so figured I out
1: we're going on the moon.
0: So I found this article in Popular Science from March of this year, uh, and it's it's funny. So a lot of like to your point, Jimmy. A lot of the advancements that have been made just in overall technology. It's attributing a lot of things that I would never have, like I wouldn't wouldn't have without some like prompting, associated them with like colonizing another planet, which is funny because we had a whole discussion about it. But if you think about it, uh, you know we can send robots up to start mining oxygen before any humans ever get there. So there's Mm -hmm. a lot of the pre work is already done, and because it's the moon, the communication loop is a lot shorter than it Mm -hmm. is to go to Mars, much
2: less.
0: But the other thing is, you don't have to take everything you need because you can 3D print stuff. Mm -hmm. And I never would have associated, like, a 3D printing technology with, like, oh, we're going to build this habitat here. Like, you don't have to take pretty much, you know, any of the hardware. If you can use materials on the moon to, like, use as printing materials, essentially, you really just need to take adhesive. Mm -hmm. And, like, just do, like, molecular-level adhesion of, like, dust particles, I guess, or moon rocks, or whatever you want to call it at this point.
1: Essentially just cement. I mean, like, if that's... If you can find the way to... (laughs) make cement out of the natural minerals on on the moon. I mean, there's probably more than enough to go around. Golden.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, like, and that's the, like, the... One of the pieces of research I found said something about what the moon's makeup actually is, and I mean, it's mostly dust, which I think we knew. It's mostly dust. Mm-hmm. We should just start with that. Uh, like, and rocks and, like, craggy things that are dangerous for human beings. But, it, you know, like, you're right. If, if like, in the... the Concrete or making concrete is pretty much like this dusty material and water. If that's all it is, then really all you need to do is water. And if we can mine oxygen out of the, you know, out of the moon, I guess we could potentially create a bunch of concrete. Um, who's to say as to whether or not that's the most efficient like building material on the moon? But like, I mean, this lays out of this this article lays out a pretty good like set of things that we we would need to do and makes it sound super achievable. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think, I think it sounds pretty appealing. I and that, and, I well, and this article asserts that this is, this is the precursor to making Mars habitable and making that project actually successful. Oh,
2: yeah. Sputus. Dr. What? Paul Sputus. Sputus? Mm-hmm. I didn't read this article, but I did read another of his ideas. Sputus? He's quoted in this, in your article here. Ah. Houston's Lunar and Planetary Institute. He's one of the most enthusiastic enthusiastic supporters of moon colonization around, and was deputy leader of the Clementine probe mission for NASA and an investigator for India's lunar imaging radar project.
0: Mm. Um. It's really funny. Like it. You know. Kind of as a somewhat of a tangent. It's funny that with all the focus on like colonizing the moon, colonizing Mars, and just space travel in general, it seems like Elon Musk has like definitely curbed. Like he's way ahead of the game on things because like anything we've seen for because I think I remember them. You'll have to correct me, Jesse, because your memory is better. But mm. I think in the Mars, when we were researching the Mars thing, like they were talking about doing routine shipments using SpaceX's like rockets and they do the same thing here. It sounds like Elon's way ahead of the game here and he's essentially going to be space UPS or space FedEx.
1: Yeah. That's- and he's,
0: he's already created a supply chain logistics like firm for destinations that we haven't even hit yet.
1: Yeah, which is, is hilarious.
2: It, is it a uh, small pods inside of uh, long cylindrical <laughs> enclosures? Sure. <laughs> Seems inefficient, but okay. No, <laughs> uh, I think it'll work. <laughs> what about the? What about his main competition? The uh, the moon elevator.
0: The, the moon l- elevator. The lunar elevator. No, we got to hear about that. What okay. is that?
2: This is this is my favorite part. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this. So <laughs> this thing is awesome. There's a there's moon elevator. Let me find the name of the guy. So there's just, it's basically a, a ribbon. And this can happen now, by the way. The materials exist. Mm-hmm. The guy's not sure if he can get enough of it. But if he could. But enough was six cubic meters. What? Six cubic meters? <laughs> That's, no. Okay, I got. I need to verify
0: this. No, some, something sounds wrong here.
1: <laughs> what is it? He's going to hang a thread from the moon and you grab that? No. <laughs> you just climb it?
2: Okay, this is the yeah, one called... Why not? Look at the diagram. You're gonna this is gonna blow your mind. It's called Developers Say a Lunar Elevator Can Be Built Within Ten Years. And there's a little <sighs> diagram here. So what happens is it's fixed. There's a fixed point on the moon. Right. Where the lift port is.
1: I have heard about this. I just and, I just walked over to Jesse's computer to look at it and, and it
2: uh if you had Evernote open you'd be able to see it. I'm downloading so the, it now, stop yelling at me. <laughs> just go to the website. You have to make your account oh, there this though. This is interesting. So the the uh the ribbon extends down from the moon where it's fixed. Yeah. Down in into what they call Earth's gravitational well. Ooh. So it's kind of fixed. It's being the other the counterweight is within Earth's gravity Okay. Gravity influence. Yeah. So it's just being anchored there. That's the other side of the of the elevator. And yeah. then you so all you have to do then is use rocket technology to get from Earth's surface up to the to that ribbon. to the plate where the, the place where the lift port is, and then you do the transfer there, and then you're off and away. And that that huh. saves it saves so much money on rocket fuel. That he said you right. can get the cost down to like seven thousand dollars per per pound per pound. Yeah, as opposed to what is it now? Yeah, a lot more. Oh, I don't see
0: I don't see the cost of the other thing it just says what he says he could get it down to. I
2: saw the there was a cost figure that he had. But apparently it uses a lot more. And it looked like this. The stopping of space crafts use a lot of rocket fuel.
0: Well, yeah, cuz you have like I mean there's no frictions, so Yeah, you, like they, you you you've got all like, your reverse. You yeah. got reverse thrust essentially undo what you've done. Crazy. which like we'll, we'll talk we'll have a little bit of that discussion of the undoing what you've done mm. in frictionless uh mm. aspects yep. we'll, we'll talk about that next week a little bit that's right um but that, that's it, it's interesting because i don't think anybody's ever like like think when everybody thinks about colonizing the moon or at least like w- at face value when i thought about it it was like no we're, there's going to be like a landing strip we're going to like land a space shuttle type thing on the moon it's going to be great Like I I think I I had envisioned it a little bit more like an aircraft carrier because gravity's Mm so wonky on the moon, Mm -hmm. Uh, cattywampus, if you will. Sure. That I thought I thought there'd be like a like a hook thing like aircraft carriers have, so that like you know the shuttle would catch that, grab it, and would kind of like Mm -hmm. decelerate with that. Um, but like I think that's what everybody envisions. But this elevator idea is interesting, just because it's more like mass transit. Yep. Mass transit certainly cheaper, more affordable than, uh, you know, landing shuttles on the moon and taking off and, mm-hmm. I don't know, just having to, like, probably re- refuel on the moon.
2: Yeah, six cubic meters of Xylon. That's just odd. What's the Xylon for? That's the material used to make the ribbon.
0: That's just so weird, though. Like, I mean, like, what, like, what is the material,
2: though? Is it some sort of, like, it flexible material? Xylon... It's a synthetic polymer, it's polyp-pheloline, okay. Fel feline 2-6, So Enzo- end- So Oh, no, these are all
0: words that we don't even know.
2: I, I usually practice these words, but I didn't think you were going to call me on it. Sorry. So this, to
0: me, though, this article looks like they had a conference
2: workshop? They've had... Let's see if I remember. Yeah, I see here the
0: first workshop was July 29th through August 1 of 2016. Mm -hmm. Then there was another one. And then there was a Space Elevator Conference on
2: August 13th through the 15th. At the Microsoft Conference Center in Redmond, Washington. Yeah. Let's see what happened there. He's looking it up as we speak. So anything else interesting about while you're looking that up?
1: Uh, It's it's interesting thinking about like uh, kind of like people foresee like are people planning on like living on like i like i live on the moon (laughs) or that's a good point because to me i always think about the moon as like the first inner you know interplanetary or uh like truck stop Mm -hmm. like it's where you go to refuel and then you keep going like you get to the moon and then the moon is where they have like now we fly to mars or we do like the long cruise around the sun or like we do like the that's you go to the the I consider the moon like a port, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm kind of interested to why just the the very nature of humans the why there hasn't been a really big push to colonize on the moon because if you go back to the art of war it's all about having a higher ground and what higher ground is there than being on the moon and being able to <laughs> launch everybody. missiles from it
2: <laughs> maybe you're the lower ground at that point maybe you're going to the lowest and the earth is possible you,
1: know, you could yeah. on the earth
2: you have all the resources and on the moon you're kind of. At the mercy of uh, your supply line. Isn't that another of the art of war? Yeah, principles? True. Don't cut yourself off. Mm-hmm. Don't overextend.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, the, the this was a thing. This was definitely... It was totally a thing. Like, two months ago? Yeah. Kind of a thing? Cool. So, what happened? So, uh, they had a bunch of speakers. David Horn and Brian Lobsher, Pete Swan and Vernon Hall... Michael Fitzgerald, lots of people talking about oh, this. I, they yeah. talked about the ground power operated gondola type space elevator. Mm-hmm.
2: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Pete Lane. Wait, what? Who? Who is it? What? Michael Lane? Is that what you said? What,
0: Michael Fitzgerald.
2: What? <laughs> anyway,
0: they talked about a lot of those things, and then they have they are setting up committees, or they've set up committees. They're they're like doing this. This is not even the thing. They're like definitely doing it. They well, talked they, about different like different things uh, different different approaches to the concept
2: yeah, just so fascinating, and like yeah uh, like again, there. like
0: it just I mean it, maybe it's because it's a new idea to me, but yeah. like I just wasn't thinking this was going to be a thing,
2: so it actually makes a lot of sense to me with your idea, Jimmy, of the moon being like the first place you stop,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right, so it's kind of like uh, for us in Southern California, okay, I'm going on a, on a cruise, but I gotta drive to Long Beach so I can get on the boat right yeah that yeah, makes sense it come to you but it would make sense so you need a, it's a it's a lot different of a, a craft to get out of the earth's atmosphere yes yeah. but once, well, once you're in space you know there's we just mentioned there's a lot less friction i think i think that's pretty common knowledge so to actually to launch from the moon and go out cruising out in space is probably fairly efficient as far as the uh certainly more the efficient than the pro, pro, leaving from ocean.
0: I mean, like you can bounce yourself. Like I, th- I don't know if this is common knowledge, but like you can bounce yourself off the moon
2: uh-huh. if you get Using like a good gravity. enough.
0: Yeah, if you get a good enough uh, bounce, like jumping, like a, if a human was to jump on the moon, if you oh, jump oh, high oh, enough, you saying. could bounce yourself off the moon right. into orbit, <laughs> into orbit, well, in or into you know whatever, like just you, into just slope. into into space, yeah. like because there's not there's not enough gravity. Like let's see what the actual calculation
2: it's is. It's One sixth of Earth's. Oh, one sixth. You were ready for that, man. Yeah. I just read it a minute ago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's
2: 80. But yeah, oh, hang on. It would be an it would be an easy place to launch your uh, expedition from. And if you just get to this elevator and zip mm-hmm. you on up and then load up on the moon and then go. Because then you can do like, uh, you know, like there's different types of boats out there.
1: There's sailboats. Like if you go to Catalina, you can take a mm-hmm. sailboat to Catalina or you can take a jet boat or you can pay to take a rugged industrial like... Catalina Express, like yeah. des- it's only designed to go through the water of like Catalina. It's designed for that exact type of trip. Mm-hmm. I imagine that's what what will basically happen. I don't know if people will ever like live on the moon as, like, a... Well, so,
0: but think about it, though. Somebody has to. Like, I mean, and it, when you say live on the moon, though, like, are do you I mean that, like, to. be there for multiple days or do you mean, like, never come back to Earth?
2: Yeah, that's a good note.
1: That's a good distinction.
0: Because, like, people live on the International Space Station.
1: Right. No, I would see it as being, like, a... It would be, like, a... Almost a true. It would be like the equivalent of like living in Vegas. You probably have some people that live there for their entire lives and are born there. But I really see that it being like an oil rig probably would be a better way. Sure. Probably would live on the moon for a contract of three years and then you come back home and you get paid or, this or much why money. Not. Yeah. Like it,
0: but yeah, nobody stays up there with the intent of staying there like living an entire lifespan. Yeah. It would probably yeah, be a
1: it probably would be like a docking station. Like you would stay like it would be like working at the docks. Like you would work uh, yeah, on I can't, contract for 3 years and then come back. I there's certainly can't gonna imagine gonna be
2: some limits due to health concerns because there's say, a yeah. lot of more radiation. This I can't is, imagine somebody protected. saying
0: that like, "Oh yeah, you can give birth up here." Like that that oh, is going to no, be no, a way. non a non thing. Right. That's a nothing. Mm-hmm. Um they I mean like despite the lack of interest in the moon, there's certainly like enough uh I mean there's certainly enough research being done about like dwelling on the moon, going back to the moon, visiting the moon, like, Yeah, way
2: more than I expected.
0: Way more than I expected, especially with all the focus being on Mars and like I think that's just the hot ticket item right now. Mm-hmm. But I like I agree with that assertion from that initial article I brought up that like I think it's the key Colonizing the moon, or at least like setting up shop there, I think is the key to getting to Mars.
2: Yeah, for me, it's most uh, mostly analogous to the space station. I just sneezed. Thank you. That was it.
0: (laughs) Thought better of sneezing like out in the open.
2: Yeah. Did you read this Buzz Aldrin article? No. Uh, So Buzz Aldrin, the the second man on the moon. Mm. Yes. The picture taker of Neil Armstrong. Uh, uh, Depending on whether you believe that actually happened (laughs) or not. he he is on record saying that he thinks we'll be there in a decade in 10 years or less 10 years or less and it wouldn't be too difficult or it wouldn't be all that expensive let's see what he yeah it's similar to the one you found kyle thanks to robots 3d printing and space oh yeah
0: no it's the same exact article i see it now
2: you found there's this one it says buzz aldrin says
0: oh why don't i see that
2: it's a little further down.
0: i've sorted by tags
2: yeah i think uh I think he's
1: right. I think I think it's going to be but he says, he says that what you're about to say I think it's,
2: it's just like the space. I agency. see it's mm-hmm. a pit stop. Yeah well, Moon yeah. village Moon village, but uh NASA's not really into it. It's more the European What are they called? Space Council or whatever uh, they are. Yeah. The European Space Agency General Director Jan Werner
1: Werner,
0: there's nothing German about that
2: setting now. up a moon village moon village
1: i think it's going to be the private sector that pushes the whole thing over i mean it i think i'm wrong about where the asteroid belt is but is the asteroid belt before mars or after mars like in the if you're looking at like that giant asteroid belt that's around our that circles around our solar system i think it's you hit it before you get to mars or is that the thing that hits it do you hit it like after mars i'm going off of my You know, fourth grade. It's between Mars and Jupiter. Between Mars and Jupiter. So it's past Mars. Mm -hmm. But if you were, if you're going to take it from a purely efficient thing, like you probably can, like just from efficiency alone, you could potentially set up shop on the moon and then have fully automated mining missions that go to the asteroid belt that get rare minerals and come back. thing is mm. far, though. Sure, but, like, with a machine and a robot and everything being working off of solar power, you don't need to worry about feeding your crew or anything. Mm. If you sent them out there with... If it, if it, obviously, this is probably out a little bit farther than what we're yeah. thinking 10 Robots years. Robots are the key to this whole thing.
0: Completely, like, autonomous,
1: like, artificially
0: intelligent. Because
1: they, they yeah. totally they can exist in that atmosphere and they can exist in that right mm-hmm. and with limited
0: resources no they need they need they can power just, yeah they can yep. just
2: go down to the surface
1: and like which luckily solar power is what 15 times more efficient in space than it is in there's in no land. atmosphere
0: there's no uv protection that was part part of the challenges mm-hmm. i found in one of the articles about living yeah. on the moon is that there's no uv protection so yeah, you would have to be protected actively right all if the you time. don't have like a face shield or something mm-hmm. on like over your over your skin and eyes like that's uv a uv blocker, protector, right. I right. guess. Like, you're, you're essentially going to get sliced in half. Um, so this says that the, this, like, I typed in asteroid belt location. It says it is 2.2. It's somewhere between 2.2 and 3.2 astronomical units from the sun, hmm. which, if I remember right, an astronomical unit is the distance between the Earth and the sun. Oh, that's true.
2: I don't know. I don't remember hearing that term.
0: I learned it in physics, but I I like think. it. Yep, from the center of the earth to the center of the sun. That was right. It's a one 149.6 million kilometers. How do they know where the center of the earth is? <laughs> we, should ex- we should explore this. Uh, Maybe we discuss <laughs> it next week. What do you say? <laughs> okay. What are you guys doing next that week? that's sounds huh?
2: great. I like that idea.
0: I do too. I think so, I'm going
1: back in China. Oh, yeah? No. Okay. but I'll be there.
2: <laughs> I thought you were going back in two weeks.
1: Yeah, but it's going to take me a week to you know drill through the center of the earth, so I'll <laughs> let you know what happens. Oh. You're gonna, are you
2: going to take the... Uh, what, is, what would it be called? The War. express route? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what they somebody, did you see the picture that somebody made of Kyle? Gravity crawling, train. Crawling through the... Gravity train, yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Crawling through the tunnel. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. One of our colleagues made a picture of you. You were on your way back from China. And I did uh, not see that picture. <laughs> 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 you were crawling through the tunnel. I'm going to need to see that. Now. I don't. I don't know where it is. Do you remember who made it? Yes. That's important.
1: <laughs> we will find it. We will find it. And we will post it on the website. It'll be there. <laughs> you know, Jesse's no, on it.
0: Definitely not posting it on the website. Uh, <laughs> okay, so it's good. It's the the good main way. challenges to living on the moon, though, like like we've discussed, is ultraviolet protection. There's yeah. not any like passive way to do it. Um, there's not enough oxygen. Although it sounds like there are ways to mine oxygen, which is just a trip to me, like. I mean I guess it would it could get trapped in the crust somewhere. I just don't know how. Um, and then there's no, like there's no sustenance, like you are completely yeah, yeah. reliant on a supply chain. Yeah. So I mean, like it's really no different than the International Space Station, though. Yep. Yeah. And ultimately, there's less trash a- flying around. I heard a podcast like a week ago that was talking about how much space junk is out there. Mm-hmm. There's like I a whole division of NASA. Dedicated this. Oh, it's ninety nine percent invisible. That's, That's one of our favorites. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. One as well. it, it's really good. It's a really good. I, like, hopefully, I'll remember to link link to their uh, episode about it. But yeah, it's, uh, it's very pertinent. Yeah, like there's a lot of space junk out in mm-hmm. the orbit and atmosphere. And granted, the International Space Station is uh, engineered and designed to like withstand uh, hits from stuff. Uh, however, like even in that in that episode they mentioned that there's a huge divot in one of the portholes of the international space station from some space junk so you have all the challenges you have from being in the space station as far as like sustenance oxygen and solar radiation are concerned but you're on a fixed planet that doesn't have as much junk hitting it like might be asteroids and stuff but it's all probably a lot a lot more trackable and a lot more manageable i would think I mean, can you guys think of anything else? Any other challenges other than those obvious ones?
2: Well, I wrote down some in the outline.
1: There's, I don't know. Yes, I can think of some, but they're, like, obscure. Okay, (laughs) lay it on us. The financial, like, not only do you need a, a supply of, you basically need, so how would you connect to the, is there any type of internet connectivity that you could get all the way up to the moon? Because that would need to be something. Yeah, ignored. satellite. Satellites, bro. And just build satellites and.
0: No, no, no. They're like, up there. no. You just put a dish on the moon and point it. Like, you're just pointing the other direction. There are satellites that orbit the orbit the Earth.
1: Yeah, but my GPS doesn't work anymore. Now we got to put more satellites around the moon it's to a, get you GPS just get to LPS. work. Let <laughs> ha <laughs> perfect. Awesome. <laughs> that's lunar
0: positioning system for oh, anybody that's who's great. curious. Yeah, it's great. How I'll do I know how do I know up. where to drive this <laughs> moon rover, right? Oh, <laughs> goodness.
2: No, how like at eh, the trademark commu- that right now.
0: <laughs> the communication loop to the moon is pretty pretty short. Yeah. So least, like let me see if that that's something you can google. <laughs> communication <laughs> latency to the moon. 3 seconds.
1: Well, I guess it's it's probably
0: closer <laughs> to our satellite. You you totally can look this up. There's a whole calculator. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Australian Space Academy, for yeah. having this calculator <laughs> online. So from the Earth to the Moon, it is 1.3 seconds. That is the communication delay. 1. That's 1. great. How how far do you think it is to Mars? Seven seconds. No, it's between three to 21 minutes, depending Ooh, on the orbit. Yeah. A little farther. Earth to Jupiter is 33 to 53 minutes, Earth and to Earth Jupiter. to Pluto is five hours.
1: It's insane. Uh, they you have more start, of these,
0: too. This is everyone want
1: to start, like doing like what I was saying about like the mining missions and going and stuff. Like not only are robots really uh, critical for that, but some form of primitive artificial intelligence needs to be pretty critical, too. You need to be able to send out a crew of robots that need to be able to make decisions at some rudimentary level.
0: Now, if only we had somebody developing AI here on
1: Earth. I'd like,
0: to have cars drive themselves.
2: Have you seen Interstellar? I think I bring this up on every space. You
0: do, and I still never have seen it. This is crazy. I haven't seen
2: it yet, either. The, the AI... It's um, not
0: like you like watch a ton of current movies no, as it is.
2: In fact, yeah. you have only really seen should.
0: One
1: I really and should watch <laughs> the
2: The automatons in that movie are just. I think they got it really, really right. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. They're, it's good.
0: I'll have to watch it. Yeah. Which I'm sure I say every time. Goodness gracious! Yeah.
2: It's they're not what you think, but they're. It's yeah, they nailed it. I, th- I think they nailed it in concept, anyway. Maybe not the specifics, but yeah. Anyway, you watch oh, it. Okay, so communication. You watch it.
0: So the communication challenges. That's another one. Mm-hmm. What, what else you got, Jimmy? What other trivial things do you?
1: <laughs> trivial things. Uh, the the first thing that I think about is like finance. Like, how much money would it take to start? Like, what is the what is the first step? Like, if you if you compare this to like getting on getting on the mayflower and coming over to the new world like what is the the capital needed to get a large amount of mixture of robots and people over onto the planet to start colonizing because it's going to take a really i mean the one thing about them saying that we're going to be there in under 10 years is that it takes us 15 years to make a freeway so how long is it going to take us to build some form of a habitable situation because there needs to be some humans on there. Even if we do the thing 99% machine and robots, there needs to be at some level, a handful of people on the planet kind of, or on the moon rather kind of keeping track of what's going on.
0: Well, so the comparison we have here is that it took $30 billion. Nope. The Apollo program cost $20 billion in, in its time, which today would be 110 billion dollars Wow, from just inflation mm-hmm. um, and while I agree with you, things take longer. I do believe they take longer because of other circumstances like bridges and freeways and stuff, I think take longer because of other circumstances that aren't necessarily engineering challenges mm-hmm. um, as much as bureaucracy and greed maybe, without getting delving too far into a weird issue <laughs> um, so I think I bet it, like it, kind of, it kind of lends credence to what you said. Private enterprise will be what gets us there. Um, because like NASA, to me, is not... I don't want to say it's useless, but, like, God, they couldn't figure out how to get supply chain to the International Space Station, and Elon did it. Elon showed up and did it in, like, 10 years. Mm-hmm. And now those rockets land themselves out in the middle of the ocean where they're nowhere near anybody. Yeah. And he said, one accident. Like, yeah. they blew up how many shuttles? Two? yeah two shuttles and probably a, a a handful more rocket beforehand and it's i'm not saying the engineers are stupid god knows i couldn't do it like i'm not saying i could but i just think that there's there's probably a lot of bureaucratic pressure on those engineers to get things done in a timely manner um instead of just like you know want and desire from a leader to to get it done the right way and that's what i think slows things down so i think that i mean Unless it's a joint venture between NASA and like the European Space Agency, I don't think there's going to be mass. mass um, I don't think there's going to be very efficient progress because well, like that's like a joint a joint venture to me is like a bunch of people working together. So even though it's countries, but I think bureaucracy gets in the way of a lot of progress a lot of the time, and I don't think that the, I'm alone in feeling that way.
1: Well, I mean that's what made the the original space race so. Crazy was that right. it was like one of the other than World War Two was one of the one of the other times where the entire country was like on board to getting somebody up to the moon. Everyone was very excited about it. My dad talks about people watching it on television and like everyone like not going to work that day and stuff. Like right. it's it's one of those things where the country was very unified in in making it happen. And I think you know I think people have this awesome way of when a large group of people are, are on board to making something happen, they can almost move past whatever technology is limiting them. I mean, you think about like in each, each of our pockets right now, we have more computing power than the entire Apollo program have. Right. You know, and I, and I use it to try and log into Evernote. Like, but yeah, just, just now, right now we're recording. (laughs) But, uh, uh, but yeah,
0: like i mean, we've all heard that before too. Mm-hmm. You can actually run that emulator on the droid phones, the Apollo computer mm-hmm. or whatever it's called. I found found it a couple months ago where somebody I think Gizmodo or some some tech site posted it uh a little while back. But I don't know. It's just it's an interesting time we live in, but like we have different challenges now and we know we know more than we did then. Right. So it's like amazing to me that we even made it there safely as many times as we did, considering what we know now. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Uh Okay. So we we've talked a lot about the probability, I suppose, of of uh colonizing the moon. Do we do we think this is
2: possible? Jesse? I think I don't know. I think it's probably possible. Do you think it's probable? The thing I have I have a hang up on is why would we do this? That you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Well I mean if it's an efficient stopover like if it's the like Barstow,
2: yeah, and I did make that to the I Mars. Make that comparison, but like, why would you go? Why would you fly from LA to Phoenix to go from Phoenix to
0: Vegas? No, or
2: New York. Oh, if you yeah. have the capability to fly all the way from LA to New York, why wouldn't you just do that? Mm, I well, see. it's kind of like you can get from the moon to Mars. Why wouldn't we just go straight from Earth to Mars? It,
1: I don't know. I mean, it could be. It could be. We could discover that interplanetary flight is easier if you're already starting in space like if you don't have to maybe it's more efficient because of the wear and tear of entering you're mm-hmm. that way you're only entering one atmosphere and leaving an atmosphere not leaving an atmosphere entering an atmosphere leaving an atmosphere entering, an atmosphere entering an atmosphere yeah you see what i'm saying like you now you're thinking like well you're gonna put that much heat and pressure on for put that much heat and pressure on a long distance cruiser that it's going to have probably is going to be designed to do the cruise where you could do like a, a jump to the moon with a industrial can take the heat a lot better and then use a, a cruiser that probably takes you to the moon of Mars first and then drops you off into the into the planet. Yeah, I can
0: see that. Well, that, I mean, I guess that leads more like it lends more to the idea of the elevator than anything, because it's not hard well, it's not expensive or all too difficult for us to get, like, up into the atmosphere. It's getting out of the atmosphere, that's the problem. So if the elevator could take us the rest of the way with pretty good efficiency, then that that would be a reason to colonize the moon.
1: I have to read so that thing. That thing just sounds like a giant string that's just floating around and that's spinning yeah, with it, the like, moon you know, and it's just going it, to shred itself on the millions of tons of space junk that's out there.
2: No, it's Xylon. So it, so it just <laughs> it's just
1: impervious to physics. <laughs> what so is it's no. unobtainium? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's uh, I don't know. Yeah, hey, that's a good point. The space you, junk is probably a, a real consideration. I,
0: but you got to think like it's a pretty obvious one. They had to have thought of that, right? I hope.
2: That's a good
1: point. Anyway, watch. There's probably like four people listening to our podcast. They're like, <laughs> no, oh, <laughs> you yes, idiots! But they it's just, four just, smart people. Four very smart people. Okay, Jimmy, uh, is this impossible? I think it's absolutely possible, and I think it's within our lifetime. Do you think I, it's
0: probable? Do you think do we'll think, actually
1: do this? I think I think it is. I think, but kind of going back to what Jesse was talking about, there needs to be, it's not going to be run by the, the governments other than having a military base on top of the moon, the governments <laughs> of the world. Space
2: elevator safety has a Wikipedia page.
1: Oh, good. I'll, take, Excellent. I'll check it out.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: I don't think the governments are going to push us to do that. Um I don't think the. I think it's going to be the private sector, and then it's what draws the private sector up there. Is it energy harvesting? Like if you get, if you could find something that's the the thing that I've always wondered if we'll ever do in our lifetime is solar harvesting in space because it's so much more efficient right. to do solar harvesting in this in space. If the cost of fuel and SpaceX makes things more efficient to get things into the atmosphere, at what point do we start? Having energy cells go up to the space, get charged, drop down like giant D batteries that power cities. How when does that start happening? And then you don't have to worry about like landfills or anything with that, because then you can just eject the whole cap, the whole capsule into space and just add to the space truck that's oh, up sure. there. That's no problem. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll deal with that in three or four. Seriously, go times. listen
0: to that podcast. I will.
2: I absolutely will. <laughs> So it's only 15 minutes long. It's not that bad, and you'll hear what the problem is. <laughs> and if you skip all the ads, it's only about seven. minutes. Yeah, it's after.
0: only seven minutes of core episode. Okay. Well, that being said, I, uh, I I definitely I I don't think I think it's indisputable about its possibility. I think it's possible, but I definitely agree that there needs to be some sort of drive other than neener neener. I got here first, for people to want to fund this. So there's got to be like a well, we want to go to Mars because of this, and the best way to get to Mars is to go to the Moon, uh, or there's some sort of harvesting we can do on the Moon. And frankly, if anybody's gonna, if anybody in our generation is a clear front runner as to find out what the monetary or the way to monetize going to the Moon is, it's probably Elon Musk. Probably, uh, but I guarantee you that's not the the reason that he wants to go there initially. I'm sure like money is not typically at the top of his list. It just it, it ends up being a yeah. Convenient byproduct. Typical. Typical. Okay. So that's that that's the uh, that's all the space junk we have about colonizing the moon. So, what are we talking about next week? Do you even know Jimmy? Journey to the center of the earth.
2: Wow.
1: That was, that was impressive. Sorry,
2: told or are you logged into Evernote? No, it's still it's still <laughs> thinking. Ah. <laughs> aye, aye. We could have landed on the moon by now. We
0: could have drilled through the center of the earth by now. That was gonna be fun. I, like I think so. I think it'll be it'll be an interesting discussion. Some in some parallels to this. Well, I mean, is it the opposite direction? We we don't know because like I mean, when, once you pass the middle, you're kind of going the other direction. Yeah.
1: You know? Once you pass the middle, you're stuck. Yeah. In but it, here's the question: dead. Dead.
0: Which middle? Which middle are you going?
1: Question for next week. I think so.
0: Okay, we'll talk to you guys next
1: week. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Visit impossiblethingspodcast.com to interact with the guys on Twitter, Facebook, and email. Questions, topic suggestions, corrections, and rants are always welcome. Also, find more episodes and see sources referenced in today's discussion. impossiblethingspodcast.com for all things impossible.